The Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. The Broncos Blitz Podcast. News and analysis to help you be a better Broncos fan. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, letter K Radio on Twitter. We're today on the Broncos Blitz Podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. We're going to discuss the attendance for week three. All of a sudden, well, the fans coming back to the stands. We'll discuss that today on the podcast, and we'll preview the running back position. Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon, Royce Freeman. How's this backfield going to look? How active will they be in the offense this year? That's going to be the running back preview as we continue on previewing each individual position leading up to Monday night, where, of course, the Denver Broncos and the Tennessee Titans will get things started, well, less than a week away, six days away from the home opener. And while the home opener not going to have fans in it, the big news today that the Denver Broncos, well, announcing with Governor Polis and the city, that there will be 5,700 seats sold in pods and tickets available to Broncos fans. Mostly going to be season ticket holders, but the Broncos will have 5,700 fans. That's going to be considered a sellout, uh, which is kind of funny because then it continues that home sellout streak. The 5,700 fans will be paid fans versus Tampa Bay. That is week three, uh, 7.5% of Empower Field's capacity, which is, of course, 76,000 plus. So it, it's kind of interesting because, you know, we've, we've seen different venues across the uh, landscape in different sports have different kind of measures and uh, things to try to get fans into the stands, mostly with no success. This is the first one generally in the area when it comes to a pro sports team that is is attempted and looks like it's going to get granted this opportunity. Uh, I can tell you since going to Empower Field that they've got a lot of changes from the, the messaging and the branding on the monitors to blocking off certain urinals to closing certain water fountains. Everything is now touchless at Empower Field. So theoretically, you could actually go to a game, experience it in every way, shape, or form, I guess, and not touch anything other than the seat. Uh, they're going to be sanitizing things. It's a touchless bathroom. It's a, a, a touchless concession stand. There's no more cash. Uh, they actually have a reverse cash system now where uh, they give you a debit card in exchange for the cash, kind of like a gift card situation. Uh, there's, there's, they're doing as much as they can to eliminate the hand-to-hand contact that fans have in in general in a regular sporting event. So these initiatives headed by one of the Broncos vice presidents, Brittany Bowen, of course, owner in waiting essentially is uh, one of her first big projects. And I think for the Denver Broncos in particular, it is, it is quite large that uh, she is heading this. And so far it looks and appears with success. Now uh, for the Broncos, obviously to have fans in the stands, a big plus, it's not going to be the raucous 70,000 plus, but uh, just to have 5,700, I guess, 
guess is a, a positive. Um, quite frankly, I think that's a really low number. Uh, you know, w- look, whatever you believe in, whatever you uh, follow in regards to the coronavirus or politics, anything, I'm not here to talk about that. It just seems like a low number to me as far as what should be allowed in uh, 7% of a uh, seating arena that you know carries uh, what 76,000 plus. I mean, let's just kind of break it down. There's probably what uh, you know 20,000 seats per band uh, with three different levels. Uh, that means we're basically putting if you divide 7,500 by three, uh, doing quick math. I'm not very good at math. That's what 36, 3,700 people per bowl or per row, per area, uh, you know, different sections. Uh, just seems like you could put a lot more people, but that's just my initial thought. Um, that's what was approved, I guess, by the city and the agreement between the Denver Broncos. So fans will be in the stands as soon as week three when Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And maybe I should mention Leonard Fournette as well, too, come to town in week three. Now, week one coming up, and of course, you know, it is a critical one for Denver to get out of the gate quickly against Tennessee. And look, we're under six days away. Uh, A couple news and notes since our previous podcast. Lloyd Cushenberry going to be that starting center for the Denver Broncos, it does appear. Broncos, of course, making all their cuts. They practice inside the bubble today. A media not getting the opportunity to see due to the coronavirus. And uh, they weren't ready, obviously, for that area for the media. Um, you know, obviously, Colorado weather just, just super weird. It was 90 yesterday, and it's 30 today and snowing. You know, that's Colorado weather. You wait five minutes, and it'll change. So we didn't get an opportunity to really look through it, it. It appeared that they were fairly healthy. Mark Barron, the only one not practicing, I believe, if I remember correctly. And if you're the Broncos, uh, that is a very, very good sign, obviously, because look, this was a team that was, gosh, we look back two weeks ago and we say, okay, well, you know, there was kind of a tweak with Von Miller. There was a rib deal with Melvin Gordon. We were looking at KJ Hamler, Todd Davis, Michael Ojemudia. I mean, there were a lot of starters who had injuries, and it does appear that Denver is now starting to get healthy again. And obviously one of them that we mentioned uh, previously with that rib injury uh, looks like he is fully healthy now. Uh, of course, Melvin Gordon, who's going to share the backfield with Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman also making the roster. And that kind of begs the question, well, how is this backfield going to look this year for the Denver Broncos? Now, uh, during the podcast, we're going to, of course, it's a it's gonna daily podcast now. And so we are going... Well, position by position, ranking each individual one, how effective they'll be, predicting, you know, stats, all that kind of stuff. And today it is the backfield and the running back position. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over there at DraftKings. Of course, DraftKings Sportsbook. And look, the reason why I want to tell you about them is because now is the time to celebrate. That's right. Football is finally here, right? Kicking off football's 101st season DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, giving you all users, okay, all users, a no-brainer to start the season. This is absolutely incredible from our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. Have you heard of a football team losing by 100 points? Okay. (laughs) Well, week one, DraftKings is ensuring that even if Kansas City were to lose in historic fashion, you would still cash in on your bet. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has moved the spread. Love these bets when you move the spread. Moved the spread to Kansas City plus 101 points for all users. So even if Kansas City were to lose by 100 points, you would still win big with DraftKings Sportsbook. It's that much of a no-brainer. Plus, DraftKings, of course, giving away $100 million in prizes to all users who enter their free football survivor pool. All you have to do is sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook, enter the survivor pool, and you'll instantly get a share of up to $100 million in giveaways. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with the promo code MHS. That's MHS for Mile High Sports. Think about it that way. MHS. That's promo code promo code MHS to take advantage of this no-brainer of an offer. That's promo code MHS to get in on all the action. For a limited time at DraftKings Sportsbook, you got to be 21 or older and in Colorado only. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. So three Broncos in the backfield. Obviously, Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon expected to get a majority of the reps with Royce Freeman, the third string running back. I am glad to see the Denver Broncos keep Royce Freeman. I've said this on the podcast before. I actually think Royce Freeman is a very good running back. He just doesn't fit what they're trying to do. And on top of that, uh, this is a player who is going to have a hard time breaking through between Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. That being said, there's still talent there. There's still somebody who can rush for four yards, four and a half yards, maybe even five yards a pop. And this is a guy who could be utilized on the goal line. I think that's where ideally you start to see him potentially vulture, you fantasy football owners, vulture those carries on the goal line, kind of used as a specialty, punch it in from the one yard line type back. And maybe on some of those critical third and ones where you've utilized Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay a lot, and you know what? There may be an opportunity to kind of work in this three-headed monster type deal. Because, again, I think Royce Freeman's a very solid running back that, you know, if if a potential trade opportunity came along, I think Denver would be uh, a team that considers that. I, I don't think you want to give away Royce Freeman by any means, but certainly uh, this is a player that they're just not going to utilize as much as they should. He is better served elsewhere, but if you're Denver – You're also just not trying to give them away either. Now, of course, the two starters, and, you know, we had this debate back and forth during training camp, and we've had it before training. We had it since Melvin Gordon was signed. Who's the guy, right? Who's the head honcho in the film room? Who's the guy who is first up? Does there have to be a starter? Does there have to be a one and a two? Can there not be a 1A and a 1A? Because I've said this before. This is a Denver Broncos offense that's going to be most productive when those two act as a tantum that is difficult to stop as a team. 
not the individual type running back. And I think players very much think this way, right? The, like, I, I think Philip Lindsay is absolutely going to say, hey, if Melvin Gordon is uh, killing it today and, and you know, he's the, the hotter hand, then that's the case. And vice versa with Melvin Gordon, whatever gets the win, that's the most important part. And I think players think that way, but fans always look, you got to be divided. And I don't know why we have so much division. Uh, that's not only in sports, but just in general in life in this country. Uh, but that's another discussion for another podcast. This is a sports podcast. And, you know, with what's going on, with this backfield, I think the Denver Broncos are very well suited with these two in switching between them. And they do bring a little bit of differences. Even though Philip Lindsay can run between the tackles, this is a guy that I think is better suited to bounce outside. I have to say, at training camp, when watching him and it, there was a clear emphasis to try to get him involved in the passing game to see if he kind of could handle it. And it, there was a very clear answer from Philip Lindsay, and it was a good one. Uh, he made every catch, yards after the catch, difficult catches. I mean, he was utilized just as Melvin Gordon was utilized. And I think that's where this becomes so valuable for Denver because you don't want to get into that situation. Remember in the – this is, this is post-Peyton Manning – and and really, I think Peyton Manning era too. Um, I can't remember the exact years, but remember when the Broncos had two tight ends, and it was a passing option, and it was a running option. It was Jeff Hireman, and it was Virgil Green. So this is this is post Peyton Manning. Virgil Green's in the game. You're not throwing to him. This is an obvious running down. Jeff Hireman in the game. He's not blocking. He's a receiver. This is an obvious passing down and this is the problem that that poses because defenses start to pick up on that and they say okay well if Virgil Green's in the game he's clear they're not gonna throw to Virgil Green with all due respect to Virgil Green we love Virgil Green they're not gonna throw to him he's he's not a receiver option he's a blocker okay we can leave him wide open we're gonna focus our efforts somewhere else you be you become a defense that becomes a little bit more narrow on offense when it comes to the play calling and I think that there was a slight, you know, the door was open. The door was slightly open for the Broncos to get a little narrow on offense based on the running back that they utilized. Because, look, if Melvin Gordon was in the game, then you obviously knew, well, the potential passing option was there. If Philip Lindsay was in, it's probably more of a run. They're not going to throw to Philip Lindsay. I think Philip Lindsay has really answered the call to open that up now. So now you're not narrow. So when Philip Lindsay enters the football game, now all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, Philip Lindsay's in, but, you know, we can't just think that he's going to run it right down the middle. Because we know this cat can catch the football. Now, defenses may not think that, so that may actually give Philip Lindsay some opportunities earlier in the year to kind of surprise some people. But particularly, I think, if you are a Denver Broncos football team that is trying to take advantage of every little thing that you got on offense to make the job easier for the young kid, and obviously I'm talking about Drew Locke, make the job easier for him so that all you – have is a simplified offense that's effective it's getting down the field 
And it's, it's not this kind of one dimensional to where you absolutely got to better the defense every single time down, you know, sometimes you catch them off guard because you got Philip Lindsay swinging out and maybe you get a mismatch and they're thinking the defense is thinking of themselves. Like, I ain't going to throw it to Philip Lindsay. They never have in the past. Well, all of a sudden here comes Pat Shermer's throwing on the running back all the time. And Philip Lindsay's going for 30, 40 on a nice little wheel route. You know, th- those are the kind of things that, you know, Denver could set themselves up for some just simple, easy pitch and catch type, type stuff by just being a little bit smarter. It's kind of, kind of that work smarter, not harder type mentality. Uh, and I think there's some there's going to be some opportunities here for the Denver Broncos to hit defenses, you know, maybe on a second and short where you open up the playbook. And again, kind of same deal, open it up to everything. I mean, if it's second and short and Denver has the opportunity to really do anything, gosh, you're looking at, okay, maybe we're just looking to get the first down with Jerry Judy on a short little crosser. Maybe it's a short little curl route. We could send Cortland Sutton deep. Maybe it's a wheel route. Maybe we're running. Uh, you got everything at your disposal, and now all of a sudden you're keeping the defense uh, playing slower. The defense plays slower now. They they don't know exactly where to hone in on, and now you have the jump. Now you have the first reaction, and all of a sudden that changes how you can do things. That changes how quickly they react to you, and that gives you the upper hand moving forward. And if you continue to kind of push that, that uh, – aggression now we're looking at it and say okay this could be a broncos team that controls the tempo controls the game on offense and gosh when was the last time we could say that and that could be all set up just simply from the versatility of the running backs seriously i like i really like this running back stable i and again i i consider it very much a duo borderline trio i am not opposed to utilize in Royce Freeman when necessary. I, I think this is very much a three-headed monster, if you will, that the Denver Broncos really need to take advantage of. You know, don't just look at it and say, okay, well, Phil Lindsay's our guy, Melvin Gordon's our receiver, and then Royce Freeman's maybe our goal line guy. Maybe Royce Freeman, he runs the ball a couple times early and kind of runs some guys over, and you, you got a feeling where it, this guy's trying to prove something. Maybe he's he's feeling it a little bit more, and you rotate him in in the third quarter with fresh legs, and all of a sudden, maybe he's running guys over for 30, 40, 50 yards. Fantasy football owners ain't going to like this, but the running backs are not to be picked out of Denver. But you know what? If they're productive on the field and they're players that can allow the offense to be a little bit more flexible and can bring home more wins for Denver... Boy, that's extremely valuable, and what a weapon to have in essentially his rookie year for Drew Locke. Could be a big, big deal. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast, of course, presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. If you have Broncos questions, we're always taking Broncos questions each and every day, and uh, of course, via email, you can email me, K at milehighsports.com. You can also tweet me at K Radio. Now, uh, today on the podcast, I thought I would really quickly review some questions before we get out of here. Because uh, on the uh, Twitter, I did ask 
the uh, Broncos country. What's the biggest question surrounding the Broncos in 2020? And I got a lot of questions, and we're going to go over them here. Uh, Michael's just simply asked, can we beat KC? I think the short answer is no. (laughs) I'll be honest with you. But I'll say this. Denver is closer than ever to beating Kansas City on a consistent basis. Just maybe not fully there. Could they steal a home game? Maybe. Road game? Still tough. Kimbert on Twitter says, the one question that I'm looking at is offensive tackle, offensive tackle, offensive tackle, and how that plays a huge part of Drew Locke's success. Very fair point. Colorado native sports girl says, did Elway do enough to reach the playoffs, or was he too stingy in some free agents thinking about middle linebackers right now, question mark? I think this is a very fair point. Um, You know, I think the, the Broncos got a little... You know, they they made these big moves to start, right? Like, they come out of the gate and Graham Glasgow's on the team and A.J. Boye's on the team and and Jarrell Casey and left and right and this and that. And then they kind of hung back a little bit. Justin Simmons and that contract discussion might have been a big case for it. Uh, You know, just understanding that, hey, we have a little bit more of an uncertain future with this COVID situation. Will we even have a team? There was a lot of uncertainty that may have played in a little bit more of a conservative thought process this offseason. So maybe that's what did it. Maybe it was just simple coincidence. I don't know. But certainly, I think, a very solid observation from Colorado native sports girl. Denver Mully says, the biggest question is, how are you going to compete against a Chiefs team that is favored and your secondary is already hurt? Or how is a lack of fans going to play into home field advantage? You know, I I think the home field advantage thing when it comes to fans is, I'm not going to lie, I don't know if 5,700 fans is going to make a major difference. I guess we've never really seen a Broncos game with 5,700 fans, so we all don't truly know. I've gone to games, uh, football games before at the college level with about four or 5,000. I won't say the team name, but uh, you may have a team name in your mind, the team that you don't like. Um, and I got to say, the fans were, it was very sparse as far as noise goes. I, I don't know if there's a true home field advantage for any team outside of the fact that, hey, this is my home locker. I get to sleep in my home bed. You know, we're close to home, yada, yada, yada. Very little things. Now, the little things matter, but I don't know if there's a big home field advantage. As far as getting past KC, again, Competing with KC is something that I think Denver is building towards. I don't. This is not something that's turnkey right out of the box. Denver's better than Patrick Mahomes, etc. That's not the case. Kansas City's going to rule this division until Denver finds themselves a bona fide quarterback. Now, have they done that with Drew Locke? Maybe. Don't know. Don't know if you can truly say yes right now until we see more of the kid. I think it's fair to reserve judgment with the idea that you're excited about Drew Locke, but also with the idea that, you know what, we haven't seen enough of the kid. So I think we're going to see a lot of him to know 
at the end of this year, if this kid has that potential, I think you're going to see a lot of their one year away. Okay, that's that's kind of the way I'm looking at this Broncos season is I think we're going to say at the end of the year that they have so much potential. They got so much young talent there. They got some real good players who are still in their prime. They got, you know, one or two positions that they got to plug. It's middle linebacker, it's corner, and then it's left tackle. And that's it. And, and then all you like what they got at wide receiver. You like what they got at tight end and running back and quarterback. And the offensive line is short up in the middle now in the interior. You obviously love what you got going on with the defense of Vic Fangio. I still think we're going to see this and say, okay, this is going to be the um, you know one year that they're just one year away. You know, that's the hope at least. So certainly uh, interesting. Um, boy, this is <laughs> this is literally just coming down the line. A leg injury that NFL Network said Von Miller suffered is an ankle injury per source. This is from Adam Schefter. There is fear. It's season-ending per sources. Miller was hurt near the end of practice, what one person called a freak injury. Team still evaluating MRI now. Wow, this is a tweet I just saw come down the line and that is okay that that is a, a big big deal the fear is that he's done for the season i guess we'll have another podcast about that one because this one's all done it's the Broncos blitz podcast presented by DraftKings. America's top-rated sportsbook boy if Denver loses Von Miller for the season. That is a major, major injury. Uh, again, literally just seeing – I know this is a podcast, so you're going to – the news will already be old by the time you hear this podcast, but this is the first time I'm seeing it. And I guess I'll give you my emotional uh, immediate thought. This is obviously a big, big deal. Uh, Von Miller was somebody that looked – very hungry and ready for the season. Uh, this is one of those freak injuries that makes me wonder again about player safety with no preseason, no mini camp. Seems like we've seen a lot of injuries so far to some key players. You hope that that's not uh, tied together in some way. Uh, but obviously, just in general, injuries altogether just they suck. They're the worst part of sports. And for Denver to lose their leader on defense like this, oh my goodness. Get ready, Malik Reed. Uh, get ready, Jeremiah Atachu. Uh, Denver may be dipping into free agency. This is a big, big deal and big news that just came down the line from ESPN as we are recording the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook America's top-rated sportsbook. So, big news. We will have to await the official word. Uh, for now, we are done for the podcast. Uh, so, some late-breaking news. Sneak it in there. Uh, you can find more info on the Broncos, of course, at milehighsports.com. You can follow me on Twitter, at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, letter K Radio, on Twitter. And, of course, at milehighsports.com, where you can read up 
on the Broncos. Find archives of the Broncos Blitz podcast at milehighsports.com. That's milehighsports.com. Later, y'all. To listen to previous versions of the Broncos Blitz podcast, visit milehighsports.com or subscribe to the Broncos Blitz wherever you get your podcast.